Hello and welcome to episode five of The Inner Odyssey, a podcast about developing self-awareness, self-confidence, and self-determination through living honestly and practicing self-love. Thank you for dropping by. Today, we will be discussing how your thoughts created you. In our previous talks, we discussed honesty and how employing honesty in your every thought, word, and deed not only simplifies your life, but also ensures that you live a life that you are proud of while experiencing peace, freedom, and happiness. In the last episode, we looked at who you were, how you defined yourself, and showed ways to keep the personality and the individuality or true self congruent so that you are always living authentically and from principle. We discussed how living from principle required two things. One, an unrelenting determination to be scrupulously honest, and two, an understanding that every choice begins with a thought. I want to continue the discussion today about thoughts and explore how the you that you decided you were last time was created, and then consider ways to go about redefining that you should there be a desire to do so. So what are thoughts? They are a construct that everyone assumes everyone else knows the meaning of. After all, we all have them. Thoughts are mental conceptions, something that occurs in the mind, internal verbiage, something that pops in your head in response to something that was perceived or experienced. A thought is the foundation from which all else is built, bar none. It is the beginning of all things, the seed from which actions, choices, habits, and character blossom. A single thought can arouse emotions and elicit a physical action, and therefore create the joys and sorrows present in the environment that is your life. As the Buddha said, all things we are is the result of what we have thought. It is founded on our thoughts. It is made up of our thoughts. I find this statement to be so profoundly true, not only because it has been repeatedly stated in numerous ways since time immemorial, but because if you look at your thoughts at any moment in time, you will find it to be undeniably true also. Before we go much further, let us discuss beliefs so we can see how thoughts, along with emotions and beliefs, determine how we interpret neutral occurrences. What then is a belief? A belief is the acceptance and trust in the credence and credibility of something, be it a thought, an idea, a person, or a thing. Here again, this thing, the belief, is merely a thought in which we have decided to have absolute confidence. Beliefs tend to be so deeply entrenched in the mind that they impress themselves on our conscious mind and change the things we attend to without prior assessment or analysis as to their accuracy or veracity. Beliefs are usually outdated and seldom rational or applicable to the present situation, but nonetheless, we still insist on seeking confirmation for them in the world, thereby allowing them to dictate our character via our words and actions. Because we like the comfort and familiarity of our ideas and beliefs, we tend to ignore the fact that we can readily change these beliefs when new or non-confirmatory information becomes available, just by changing the thoughts. So, 
If, for example, we believe that we are not lovable or selfish or not trustworthy, these beliefs dictate the way we interact with the world, with our actions and words. And the world, in response, will confirm and validate our original beliefs back to us that we are not lovable, trustworthy, or selfish. A silly example of an entrenched belief. Growing up, all the people I knew who were named Gregory or Greg were tall and lanky. So in my mind, when I hear someone named Greg, I immediately picture someone tall and lanky. If for some reason they do not fit with my picture of a Greg, I find myself reconfirming myself, despite the evidence, and holding on to the silly belief that Gregory must either be their middle name. This illustrates two things. One, how irrational beliefs can be, and two, how the mind sees in pictures. In a past episode, we discussed how things that happen in our lives, those things we observe, feel, and notice in our environment are neutral. I cautioned you about passing these things through the mental filters where they are impressed upon by long-held beliefs and vague imaginings, accurate or not. Here I want to extend that thought plus belief chain by adding in the impact of emotions. So, what are emotions? Emotions are an instinctive state of mind that is aroused by what we observe, feel, or notice in our environment. They impact the physical body by causing the release of psychoactive compounds like dopamine and epinephrine, which affects physiological parameters like blood pressure, heart rate, brain activity, muscle activities, etc., and therefore can be readily assessed and measured. When aroused in association with neutral stimuli or words, emotions tend to facilitate stronger reactions and see to the creation of more impactful memories that can override logic and knowledge. Feelings closely associated with emotions are the mental reactions and interpretations of an emotion, and like thoughts, can be colored by beliefs, memories, and mental imaginings. Feelings are quite personalized in response to a given situation or thought, and persist long after the, the emotion has resolved. Think of the creepy feeling you have when walking along a dark path near an abandoned building. So here we have an external stimuli, darkness, abandoned creaky building, that triggers a thought. This is how horror movies start. Which in turn triggers an emotion, fear or anger, which are interacted on by beliefs, dark building at night, not a good place to be, which then arouse a feeling of being scared, horrified, helpless, etc. Let's whistle together. If the feeling is uncomfortable, we want to protect ourselves from the initial stimulus. If it, is, if it was enjoyable, we want to preserve it and experience it again. In either case, we develop a predictable way of handling the emotion and feelings of arouse, regardless of the stimulus. So a habit develops. And habits, being what they are, see to the development of a character trait. A collection of character traits make a personality and an entity that interacts with the world in a predictable manner called you. The best way to illustrate things is through an example. Have you heard the Chinese proverb called maybe? It goes like this. There's a Taoist story of an old farmer who had worked his crops for many years. 
One day his horse ran away. Upon hearing the news, his neighbors came to visit. Such bad luck, they said, and they said sympathetically. Maybe, the farmer replied. The next morning, the horse returned, bringing with it three other wild horses. How wonderful, the neighbors exclaimed. Maybe, the old man said. The following day, his son tried to ride one of the untamed horses and was thrown and broke his leg. The neighbors came again to offer their sympathy at his misfortune. Maybe, answered the farmer. The day after, military officials came to the village to draft young men into the army. Seeing that the son's leg was broken, they passed him by. The neighbors congratulated the farmer on how well things had turned out. Maybe, said the farmer. So let's take each part in turn. As you can imagine, the farmer could have had multiple responses to these events, especially when he looked at how they impacted his life. For a more modern take, what if you woke up one morning and your steed of choice was missing, gone from the last known parking space? What would be your response? Would you have a response of maybe to the expressions of sympathy? What, is, what would be your first reaction? Would you surmise that someone had stolen it and for what reason? Would you anticipate that it was already stripped and sold off as parts? Did you promise to lend it to a friend and forgot? Did you take the cab home or did your buddy drop you off the night before after the party? What calamity and hardship would you now have to endure? Would you now have a different perspective about the quality of the neighborhood in which you lived? What would you do to the person that removed the car when you found them? On your return home, after hours on the bus, two hours past your usual time to be home, you see a newer version of your old steed in the spot. Not only bright and shiny, but with new tires, rims, leather seats, and a note saying that the keys are in the mailbox. What would be your first reaction then? What would you think about the person who did this now? Would you dare take it for a spin? Could you have a response of maybe to these overtures of good luck? After watching the car sit there for two days, you decide to take it for a ride. And two miles from home, after effortlessly hitting 90 miles per hour, it sputters and dies. What would be your first reaction? What would you think now about the car and the person who left it there? Would you be kicking yourself for being such a fool or have another interpretation about your behavior? What if the car started back up after 10 minutes? What would you think now? From the most subjective place possible, what would the quality and trajectory of your thoughts say about you to the world were they visible? What would be the actions that you took in response to each situation say about your character? One of the great lessons that permeate Eastern philosophy and is demonstrable by this proverb is the principle of equanimity. Equanimity refers to the state of calm in the midst of any circumstance, regardless of whether good or bad, favorable or not, either aspect of duality. It is a state in which the mind is not swayed by passions, attractions, desires, or aversions. That is, maintaining your composure, being self-possessed, being cool and unflappable, 
displaying self-control. In Buddhist philosophy, it is considered one of the four virtues or states of mind that can be developed from the practice of meditation, along with loving kindness, compassion, and sympathetic joy. We will talk more about these states in another episode. For now, I want you to latch on to and contemplate how they are cultivated through meditation, by controlling the mind, by harnessing the thoughts, obtaining dominance over the mental realm. So back to the two questions. From the most objective place possible, what does the quality and trajectory of your thoughts say about you to the world were they visible? What would the actions that you took in response to each situation say about your character? What type of thoughts did you entertain when you noticed that the car was missing? Were you sad, angry, scared, suspicious, thought you needed a longer nap? What underpinned the primary reaction? What underpinned the primary reaction? Was it a feeling of loss and or helplessness? that is, being violated, being taken advantage of? Are you predisposed to the same response when something surprising occurred? How many of these thoughts were actually untainted by some long-held belief or bias? Did you automatically think theft? Did you think the neighborhood was not as good as you suspected or worse than you anticipated? Did your mind run to how much more difficult it would be to get to work? How much more difficult it was gonna be to afford a new car? How about the inconveniences that now would be a reality for you to endure because of the loss? Did you once think that this was a blessing in disguise? How about when the new car appeared in the driveway? Did you think you won some prize? Did you think a loved one surprised you? Or did you think, neither? Because nothing good like this ever happens in my life. Did you think that you were caught up in a secret sting operation? Were you the optimist or the pessimist? How about when the car died? Did you think, piece of crap car, because it was free? Did you think that the speed limiting device was activated when you exceeded 89 miles per hour? Did you think you broke it and you cannot get a break or just can't have nice things? Now for the questions that demonstrate how your thoughts determine your character. What things did you say in response to these situations? Did you rant and rave and cuss and swear the unfairness of it all? The deterioration of society and the incompetence of law enforcement and all the other things that could facilitate such an atrocity in your life? What actions did the thoughts you entertained engender? Did you call everyone nearby to tell them about your misfortune? Did you call 911 or the non-emergency police number? Did you go walk your block just in case? What emotions did they elicit and feelings did they arouse? Did you experience fear, anger, sadness, disgust, or some other emotion? Did you feel helpless, violated, shamed, devastated or had some other feeling? As you're aware, we are known and judged characterized by our actions and the things we say. Did you tend to be suspicious and accusatory? Did you feel totally helpless and unresponsive? 
Did you feel like a victim? One more thing happening to me because insert self-limiting belief here. Can you appreciate the following quotes as they relate to your thoughts and emotions, actions, and feeling they engender? Quote, life isn't a matter of good or bad luck. It's about what you do with what happens to you, where, and how you take it. Unknown. If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Wayne Dyer. Before I go, I want to share with you something that happened while preparing this episode. I had parked my truck close to the garage to unload some items and intended to move it forward after unloading. Left the keys in the ignition and the door unlocked. Those keys stayed there for two nights until I was headed out on Monday morning and could not find them anywhere inside the house. I think my brain was trying to tell me something, but I guess I just missed it. My only reaction was fortunately one of utter relief and gratitude, followed by embarrassment and incredulity at my negligence. I dared not entertain thoughts of what if, like the above scenario, but would like to dream that the outcome would have been the same. Consider your reactions to the following scenario and just make notes. How did you define your, redefine yourself in the setting of this occurrence? Would you have been able to maintain your equanimity as the farmer did? Send us your thoughts. Next time, we will discuss how the words and language you use when talking to yourself or others cement the character traits that comprise you and talk a bit about how to change your experiences and responses so that the mind delivers what you want rather than the conditioned responses. Thank you so much for joining us today on The Inner Odyssey. Share the show and subscribe to our podcast on anchor.fm slash The Inner Odyssey, Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, care enough to act with virtue, dream despite your deepest fears, live honestly with dignity and grace, and above all, love without expecting reciprocation as you continue your inner odyssey.